0: I'm Aaron. And I'm Mike. And you're listening to the Monarchist Basketball Show. As always, we welcome Coach Jones to the podcast. How you doing, Coach? I'm
1: doing well. How are you guys? Fantastic, Coach. So, three games since our last show. You had the Charleston Classic. We go 1-2 and down in Charleston with a huge win over Big South preseason favorite Furman, 82-77. Let's go game by game. First game, Virginia Tech down 14 at the half. But after halftime, this team step up the defensive intensity and rebounding, and you guys manage to claw your way back into the game behind a fantastic performance from Chauncey, where he scores 24 points on 10 of 15 shooting. Makai comes through with a double-double, 11 points, 10 boards. Why don't you take us through your overall thoughts on this game?
2: Well, you know, the, the fact that we were able to mount a comeback and give ourselves a chance was pretty remarkable against the team as good as Virginia Tech. you know we, we we came out and and fought early, but but Virginia Tech just just kind of, you know, every time we made a mistake, it seemed like they they took advantage of it. you know, and, and we did make some you know some a bunch of mistakes. I, I thought we did too much standing around offensively. You know we, we didn't move the ball. We didn't have great player movement, which is something that we just keep trying to hammer home to our guys. Because when when we move at the half court level, that's when Tyreek, that's when Chauncey, you know, they get those driving lanes going in there. And whether they're scoring themselves or whether they're setting their teammates up, you know, that's that's become probably the best thing we do other than offensive rebound. So, you know, we 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 played much better at the offensive end. I, I thought we really, really our physical play really bothered Virginia Tech. And in, in, in talking to, to Mike Young afterwards, you know, he he was w- impressed with the, the physicality and just the effort that our guys had. You know, we, we didn't always make the, the skill play, but, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, you, you just got to go and get the basketball. So we were better defensively. We, we still... You know, we still shoot ourselves in the foot, you know, way too often. But the, the effort was was fantastic. And it, as I said, at least we gave ourselves a chance to get back in that game. Ultimately, Virginia Tech was was just, you know, too too good.
1: As a fan, that second half performance from the team raised my optimism for the season. Because if you can put two halves like that together, I'm not sure many teams can beat you guys.
2: Well, you know, I, I think the, the, the tournament as a whole, I, I think, A, I think we grew up a little bit. And we definitely took a step forward, but the inconsistency, you know, you're, you're talking about the Virginia tech game. We, we could say the same thing about the Davidson game. You know, we haven't put a full 40 minutes together yet. And, and, and that's really, you know, that's, that's what you want out of, uh, out of, out of your team. Again, uh, I, I said this after Eastern shore, I said it after Virginia Westland and Christopher Newport, you know, we we can't fault the effort, but we have to help ourselves a little bit. I, I think in that second half against New Tech, you know, offensively, um, we we just weren't getting the ball movement, the people movement, and and what what we've we've found out here in the last ten days or so, you know, we're we're much 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 better in, in, in half court offense when we move bodies and move the ball, and if we can move the defense around. We, we, we take away the, 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 the help and we create driving lanes for Chauncey Jenkins and, and, and Tyreek Scott Grayson, you know, to, to get downhill and whether they're scoring themselves or, or whether they're creating shots for, for their teammates, you know, that's, that's when we're at our best. And, and again, our strength is not in the half court. You know, we're better in transition this year for sure. Uh, we're better on the offensive boards. But we've got to convert those offensive boards. But ultimately, you know, hard-fought games are going to be won and lost in the half court. We're not turning the ball over a lot, but some of the shots that we settle for might as well be turnovers as as far as, I, you know, taking tough, taking a bunch of tough, guarded, contested two-point shots. And I'm not talking about at the rim. I'm talking about, you know, in between the three-point line and, 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 and the basket. That's, it's just not a high percentage play in general. And it's definitely not, you know, it it hasn't been a high percentage play for us. The guy that has shown that he's really, really good at it is Chauncey Jenkins. And it's not a coincidence that, you know, he can get in there and just jump up over people in, in a lot of ways, you know, Trey Freeman, it's, it's reminiscent of that Trey didn't jump as high on that mid range jump shot, but he had the really high release and, and, and shot you know, shot over 50% on, on his, you know, two two points opportunity. So, you know, we we we've got to help ourselves offensively. If if we can do that, get more ball movement, get more people movement, we'll get better shots. And 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 then we, you know, at the same time we need to address because one of the things we're really, really good at, and it just flat down flat out comes down to uh effort is we go to the offensive boards, whether it's Derico, whether it's Ben, whether it's McKay, you know, and then Beacon and Chauncey aren't bad in there. You know, they they somehow they keep it, the, the ball alive. I think we're in the top 30 in the country, something like that in offensive rebounds. You know, I, I'd like to think we'd make more shots and get fewer offensive rebounds. But the percentage, right, the percentage can can stay the same. If, if, if we can do that, then, you know, that, that really would go a long way towards helping us be a more effective offensive team. All right. Game two,
1: ODU leads pretty much the whole way. The only time this game really got interesting was in the second half, and Furman started having success with the press. Tyreek Scott Grayson led the way with 26 points, Emo and Ben at 13 each, and Mackay at 11. One note in this game for me was it seemed to be the time when Emo started shooting those open shots, something we hadn't seen from him earlier in the season, and he was knocking them
2: down. Well, you know, I I think the good thing is that Emo didn't force the shots. You know, there there were two against Davidson that just were just bad shots. I mean, he he's got to know, you know, he, he Emo's not he, he's not very big. He doesn't elevate, you know, high when when he takes it in there in two point land. You know, those are those are tough shots. He's got to be very judicious about that. And and what he did is he he caught and shot the ball on the three-point line. He was ready for the shot. The ball was reversed to him, and he knocked down, I, I want to say, two out of three in, in that game. You know, you mentioned those other guys, but Chauncey had another really good game. He didn't score as much, but he he, he threw some dimes. I mean, he, he was finding guys, and Makai in particular. I, I know two of, of Makai's corner threes came from from really good looks from, from Chauncey, maybe all three, I'm, I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, Makai did his normal thing, you know, played good defensively for most of the game. He, he was terrific on the boards. But Tyreek was the one, you know, he, he came out aggressive. We, we got to figure out, you know, how, how can we get him to, to have that mentality every game? It's not just about making shots. You know, he at, at times he disappears and doesn't even look for the shots. But fortunately for us against Furman, you know, he, he had that aggressive mentality. And then who else? We were talking about Ben, I guess, you know, he, 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 he didn't have a great game. It's really weird. He didn't have a great game, but he has that scores mentality. And sometimes, you know, I think he's, he's the guy that, you know, he might not play well and he might still get 18 or 20, you know, and, and, cause that's, that's just kind of what he does. He gets a lot of uh, and I don't mean this in a, in, a, in a negative way. He gets a lot of garbage points. I mean, he just gets them and finds a way to put the ball in, in the basket. He finds a way to get to the free throw line. And that's necessary, particularly for our team, that, you know, if you're going to struggle to score, you need a guy that just somehow has a knack of, of scoring the basketball.
0: What's interesting about that is Ben's not the biggest, I mean, physically he's an imposing, you stand next to him, he's a big guy, he's a big, strong guy, but compared to the guys that he's lined up against, he's out mass size wise, but he just seems to have a motor and a will to go after the balls and kind of position himself and know where to be and how to put his body.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, 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 working on a lot of things with fit, but you know, we, we can't take the credit of, you know, him having that knack of scoring. He, you know, it, it, sometimes it looks awkward and he gets it up there and he's going to get to his left hand one way or another, but. You know, he, he, he's, he's been able to, throughout his career, you know, be, be a scorer. He did the same thing at Hampton, and I'm sure he would have done the same thing at Xavier had he not gotten hurt. But the big thing is, is, is showing up the, air, you know, the, uh, the other areas of, of his game so he can contribute in ways other than just scoring. But we definitely need his, his scoring.
1: Moving on to Game 3, we played Davidson, a good team from the A-10. Uh, another slow start in the first half leads to a deficit but again, you guys ratcheted up the defensive intensity and we get a close game until the end. We just don't hit enough shots. Ben leads the way with 20 points. Makai grabs 10 boards. The rest is corn production throughout the lineup. Another tough one to lose, but still you see the team that never gives up and just keeps clawing their way back into games, never count them
2: out. Yeah, you know, that that game, I, I, I think in, in the first half we, we gave into fatigue. And, and the old saying, you know, fatigue makes cowards of us all. I, you know, I, I I just think we we gave in, and we stood around offensively. You know, we were a step slow on the defensive end, but you know, we just we we didn't help ourselves at the offensive end. I was imploring our guys during timeouts and even when play was going on, just to just to move. You know, somehow find that energy, even if even if we you know had to substitute for everybody. You know, every. every you know, four or five times down the court, just keep running. But to just, just – the, the, the big thing is, and we did this better against Furman than we did all, all year long in terms of just moving offensively, moving the ball, cutting, and that's how Chauncey and, and Tyreek – I mean, I, I sound like a broken record, but that's how they get downhill, and that's what we do best. If we stand around and those guys try to do it without moving the defense – that, that help defense is locked in. And so you're going one against two, one against three, and they can collapse on the basketball. If we make them chase us, we talk about playing to the next man, right? We, we, we make them run with us. Those two guys in particular can, can really create, and they're playing one-on-one, or really they're playing you know one-on-one but with an advantage. Um, those are the situations we're trying to create you know, we, we, we've had Monday and Tuesday off from, from practice, but we've been watching a lot of film as, as a staff, we're, we're, you know, really going to try to show our guys the good and the bad, just, just when we move, this is, this is what happens. This, this is the result. These are the percentages. When we stand around, you know, it, 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 the, the script is, is flipped and hopefully they understand the importance of just cutting through hard, making your man go with you, you know, and it's almost like a hockey assist. You know, you're not making the, the pass for, you know, to the guy that shoots it, but you're creating that opportunity without even handling the basketball. But right now that's, you know, again, the efforts great, uh, you know, everything, but we get better shots. We shoot a better percentage, you know, and, 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 and that's, that's what we have to do. We got to find a way we're we're nationally we we don't shoot a lot of threes you know we're we're not shooting them terribly but we we just don't shoot enough and and we're getting the offensive rebounds you know we we've, we've got to do a better job of converting those but we're taking way too many defended two point shots and 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 that's a result too many times of you know just just not not moving not cutting hard putting the defense in in in, in bad bad situations
1: so expanding on that, the finishing those offensive rebounds with bad shots around the rim. What can we change moving forward to improve our opportunities?
2: Yeah, well, I think understanding that if you get an offensive rebound, that's not that doesn't become a guy given right that you can shoot the basketball. If if there's a big six time, six ten guy directly between you and the basket, right, that's probably not a very smart shot, even if you've gotten an offensive rebound and you're close to the basket. So, you know, one, one thing, and, and we noticed this, we talked about it in, in preparing for Virginia Tech, when, when they get offensive rebounds, again, they don't have, they're bigger than us, but they, they don't have, for the ACC, you know, really big post players. They look to kick it out, and they'll kick it out, and then they do what, we'll talk one more, the guy gets it and makes one more pass. Offensive rebounds lead directly to three-point shots. That's something that, that you know, we, we've, we've got to help ourselves. If, if, if I'm not in a position, if I've, you know, if I've gotten an offensive rebound, but I'm, I'm in a crowd, there's a big guy between me, you know, I want to kick it, kick that thing out. And, and again, one more, and those I, I think are great three-point opportunities, would be great three-point opportunities for us as well. And, and I'm reminded, you know, going back a, a few years and, and, and folks that have, you know, followed ODU, sell Taylor. Denzel Taylor was ranked, I mean, he, he just, as good as our guys are now, Denzel Taylor was, you know, even better offensive rebounder. And, yes, we had Brandon Stith and some others, but Denzel was was elite, was in the top ten in the country. He very rarely went back up. Now, he didn't have confidence in, in himself scoring, but I would, I would, and this is a guess, I you know, it's not a, anything that we've broken down. I would guess that the year Trey averaged 22, Trey Freeman averaged 22 points a game, I would guess that Denzel probably got him four or five points a game off of the offensive rebounds Denzel would get it he'd get it back out and and that resulted in in, in Trey you know getting two three four more shots per game and and you know if you're not going to finish no matter how close you are if you're not going to finish you know let's let's get it to somebody who will finish at a higher rate it, it's it's so deflating to work so hard and you know and and, and not finish in there in, in addition to that, I mean, you know, we, we, we have been working on since the Drexel game, whether it's after offensive rebounds or whether it's, you know, making a move and finishing around the rim, you know, practicing, you know, with contact and, and, and not try to, you know, avoid the contact or rush the shot. The, the, I, I think the thing, you know, as, as a staff we've kind of come up with is when we get these opportunities, if there's somebody there between us and the basket and we're in a crowd, Let's get that sucker out and let's, let's see if we can get a better look.
0: It's an interesting take. I know as a fan, and, and I probably have a completely different viewpoint on how it feels than you a know, player on the floor or player on the bench or even a coach, but when that offensive rebound, if we don't secure a defensive rebound and it gets kicked out for a three, that three just feels, to me, much more deflating than a two being put back.
2: Well, I think I think at either end of the court. Yeah, I mean, if 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 somebody gets an offensive rebound and throws it out, and all of a sudden, bam, they knock down a three, that's deflating. But you know, we're working so hard, and and there were times against Davidson in the first half where you know we we'd miss a shot, and we'd rebound it twice more and 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 didn't convert. That's deflating as, as as well, you know. And and you're working so hard. Now you're coming back to the defensive end, and you know you're 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 tired and. It just puts so much pressure, you know, on, on, on the team if, if, if you don't convert. And we, we certainly found out in, in that Furman game, if, if, you can make, if you can make some shots, it, it makes the game a lot easier, you know. And, and, you know, just because a shot is close to the basket doesn't make it a high percentage shot. I mean, if, again, Davidson was playing with, with two 6'11 guys pretty much the entire game. And, and Virginia Tech wasn't quite that big, but, you know, they were playing with, I, I mean, I, I think if, if if you look at the way we finished and, and Ben Stanley in the Furman game, their guys weren't that big, right? They they, they, they maybe were were bigger than us, but they, they weren't that big. And our guys were able to finish against them much easier because they, they just didn't have the shot blockers and the length. To, to make our guys feel pressure. Ben just kind of went up and over the, the, those guys. So, you know, so I, I think that that probably plays a, a role as well, just the, the the size of the opponent.
0: So in the last three games, Chauncey, Ben, and Tyree, all three of them have come up really big. Last year, we really didn't have a go-to scorer. How's it feel to have three different players who seem to be capable on any night to just happen to have a, a huge game?
2: Well, you know, I, I, I think last year, I mean, Austin Trice was our go-to guy, but we had to run stuff to get him those points. The thing about Chauncey and 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 Reek is is you know we're not necessarily running set plays for them. Now we're, you know, we're we're creating actions and situations for them, but but you know that's when their their talent takes over. You know, we we run more. Specific plays for for Ben than we, we do for anybody else, the way we did for for Austin. Not that that Ben and Austin are the same; they're very different, but they're very different on and off the court. But uh, you know, I do think we've we've got more variety, and you know, you've you've got the, you know, the it's not going to happen every game, but you know, you've got the the potential for Makai to you know to break out with some scoring. It certainly was good to see Emo have, you know, that that positive fusion against against Furman. Cause you know, we're we're gonna need it. And and if Charles can continue on on the upward arc, you know, he's he's making some shots. And, you know, he's it's not like he's hitting fifty percent, but I, I wanna say Charles is shooting forty two percent from 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 three right now. Every little bit helps.
1: So speaking of Charles, there I don't remember which game it was, but there was like a Replay sequence where he came in he hit a shot he got a steal and then he got an assist and I was just really impressed by him doing that off the bench I, I hate to go back on this but you talked about the kickout earlier there's other value in that is the the offensive reset and that's not always a bad thing is it even if you don't get that three-point shot just running more clock and putting more pressure on the defense
2: well I you know I, I don't know that you know, the, the our mindset is to run more clock. Certainly not 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 this year, but you know, if you don't get the immediate three, you you still have, you know, still have an opportunity to again move the defense around and and, and get a better, you know, get get a better opportunity, and you know make the make the other team play defense. I mean, just like us, if if, if you got to work really really hard at the defensive end, it makes offense harder. So if you're, you know, you're you're forcing Padula or Foster lawyer or, you know, you know, different, different teams, you know, he, he, they're they're best players. If you're making those guys have to play defense, you know, that, that sometimes is, 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 is the best way to defend them. If, if that makes any sense at all.
1: Absolutely. It does. Defensive pressure is going to wear them out and maybe you pick up another foul or two. All right. So looking forward this weekend, we have ECU coming to Charway arena. What can you tell us about ECU? You
2: know, ECU, they've, they've been an interesting team so far. They actually had a really good win today against Toledo. So they'll have to be traveling back home. Uh, uh, but Brandon Johnson, the kid that we tried very hard, junior college transfer, this is his second year there. We, we tried to recruit him. He's, he's having a great year. Just a real hardworking kid. You know, got some skill. Really good player, 6'9". And uh, – you know, they've got a couple other guys, Smalls, that has been scoring the basketball. But I, I tell you, the things that statistically that stand out is they shoot a lot of threes. They shoot a lot of threes. Today, I think they shot 25. I think they shot over 50% from the three-point line today. They shot 32, maybe maybe it was yesterday, threes and, and shot over 50% in, in that game as well. You know, they they just they get it and go. And, and they were in a game, and I apologize, I can't remember who who it was off the top of my head, but you know, they they were down, and then all of a sudden they just exploded and and made a bunch of threes in, in the second half and, and went from being down to you know to to going way, you know, comfortably up. So we'll we'll have to do a, a great job. Teams have hurt them in the paint. I know Presbyterians scored 36 points in the paint. Toledo had 30 some odd points in the paint against them. You know that that's an area that that we've shown that we can excel. So so hopefully that that will continue. You know, we'll be able to do that, but we really have to uh, we really have to be aware that they're a team that, that plays in spurts and and they they don't hesitate. I mean they'll take some bad shots, but they're getting the shots up for sure.
0: And then a week from now we're going to be playing Charleston. So you spent some arena time with Charleston, but didn't actually get to play them. They have had a phenomenal season so far. They're five and one with their only loss being the UNC. They look like they're playing some really good ball. Did you guys get a chance to watch them much while you were down there?
2: Not really, but just kind of looking at the scores, they're really good. They 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 crack uh, and, uh, again in, in talking to Mike Young. He and, and I talked again today, and, and, and Charleston beat you know, Mike, Mike Young and Virginia Tech on Sunday. In some ways, Mike was saying he, he saw a lot of similarities between them and us in terms of how hard they play and how hard and physical we are. You know, they just send bodies to, to the offensive board. But where they're different and, and, and better than us is, is they've got three or four guys that, that will shoot the three. They shoot a lot of threes. And they, they, you know, shoot a lot of, you know, putbacks off the offensive boards. And they, they do just come at you with waves. They, they play a lot of guys. And, and they don't mind. I mean, I can remember last year. That was the most physical game we played last year. They just physically wore us out. And I want to say we shot 30-some-odd free throws in, in that contest. But, uh, you know, it, it, it wasn't enough. And we ended up losing to them in, in overtime. You know, going down there, they're having a heck of a year, so that'll be a, you know, that'll be a really challenging game.
0: Does it help at all that you guys just played three games down there? So it's a really familiar environment for the the players.
1: Not
2: at all. <laughs> not <laughs> not not in the least.
1: All right. So before we get to Norfolk State, obviously it's Thanksgiving week. You got exams ramping up for the players soon. How is it scheduling around all of that? How tough is it?
2: Well, you know, I mean Thanksgiving, you. you you know, you don't necessarily schedule around that though. The only concession, I I guess would be that, you know, we're going to go at 10 o'clock in in the morning on, on, on Thursday, then let the guys, you know, get treatment and shower and everything. And then they're coming over to the house and, you know, we'll, we'll try to have a really nice meal for them and, and, you know, spend a a few hours together with, with the group. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the life of a college basketball team, players and coaches, you know, I, I, I certainly never in in my college career, you know, ever, you, you never get to go home unless you live in the city where, where you're, you're, you're attending school and the guy, you know, the guys understand the deal, but you know, we, we can take a brief respite and, and, and as I said, relax and enjoy one another's company, but you know, practice Thursday morning, you know, needs, needs to be good preparation. And uh, you know, as, as far as the exams and the academics, you know, that's a, a, a constant focus. We had two evening study halls. Gosh, last Tuesday we got down there. We left Tuesday morning, so Tuesday night and then Wednesday night. You know, we had study hall for the guys that had assignments. Amy Lynch, our our academic advisor, and, and all of the academic support staff do a fantastic job. But she she accompanied us on on the trip and. In addition to the study halls that, that she had set up, you know, she she knew, you know, Emo had studied to do. He had a test Monday, a big test in, in something. I'm not sure what the subject was. And some guys had some projects due. Jason Wade, I know, had something that had to be turned in by maybe midnight Wednesday, something like that. So, you know, she stays on top of all that, And you know, whether we're here, whether we're at home or whether we're here or whether we're on the road, uh, you know, we, we, we got to get it done. You know, you, you, you can't say, well, you know, we're, we're, we're traveling or we're playing in a tournament. You know, let's not worry about our, our, our classwork. It, it doesn't work that way. And, uh, you know, that's why sometimes you you see during, you know, say, a, a, a you know, the Christmas break in, in between semesters, you know, you can see a, a lot of real quick, Uh, improvement, you know, big, big jumps from, from teams because now all of a sudden it's all basketball all the time for about two weeks. And, and, you know, that's, that's when I think really good, good teams can really make some hay and, and, you know, improve during those times. But, you know, the, there, there is that little thing, you know, that that you got to make sure that you pay attention to that's that ultimately that's, that's why they're here.
0: All right. So we got to ask you, our you a size dessert or a main course kind of guy when it comes to Thanksgiving?
2: Dessert. I'm never really a dessert guy, you know. But pretty much all the rest of it, I like it. I mean, I I know that's probably hard for people to understand when they look at me, but but no, I I love the traditional, the turkey and the, the 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 stuffing, you know, all all that kind of stuff that is great. And like I said, you know, we we just want to make sure we we have for the players, quite honestly, the uh, just a really good meal. You know, make kick the shoes off, lay around on the on the couch on the floor, go upstairs. There's more couches up there, and uh, and and just relax. You know, try to make it as as much like home as as, as we possibly can.
1: All right, that's great. So the last game we want to talk about before we let you go would be Norfolk State, the crosstown team comes to Chartway Arena this year. They're led by Joe Bryant Jr., defending MIAC Player of the Year. Pretty good squad they got over there.
2: Absolutely, they're they're a very good team. I, I haven't seen much of them uh, this this year, but when you look at what they've done as a program the last couple years, it's an experienced group led by obviously Bryant, who's just terrific. He's he's tough. He's a great leader. You know, he can get big buckets. He can get tough buckets. Um, so that'll that'll be a really really challenging game. But we got to figure out a way to get through. We got to get through. You know, East Carolina. On on Saturday, but uh, you know, when, when, when that game rolls around, uh, you know, when, when you're playing against that kind of opponent, a quality opponent, it it takes a great effort to, to, to give yourself a
0: chance. One quick follow-up one on that coach, looking at Norfolk state's schedule so far, they played some really elite teams and then they've placed some teams that are towards the bottom. How hard is it to evaluate a team and kind of what you've got there? When what they've done so far, the season, who they've played is so kind of at opposite ends of the spectrum
2: I, You know I think early in the year it's always hard, no matter you know who the competition is, because I mean take us, for example, you know we've we've had some really good games and we've had some some games where you know we've we've, we've had some stinkers, so early, early on, you just try to get a get a feel, but I, I think you know understanding you know whether it's Charleston – whether it's Norfolk State that, that that these guys are really good, right? They, they 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 were good last year. Norfolk State has been good for a couple of years. You know, you you know that, that they're a competitive team and you can't really worry so much about the scores whether they're winning by you know 30 or they're getting beat by 20 or or whatever it is. You you just you you understand it's gonna it's gonna be a hard game. You you know you try to put together as as, as good a Game plan and scouting report as, as you can, but you know it's going to be a dogfight.
1: All right, coach. We're looking forward to seeing you guys back in Chartway this Saturday against ECU. We thank you for coming on the show, and we hope you, the staff, the players, and everyone that's a fan of Old Dominion has an amazing Thanksgiving.
2: Thank you, guys. So Happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving to all the the, the listeners. I mean, I would just say, just you know, be be safe. Hopefully, you know, we can be thankful about. Just getting together with family and friends for those of us who, who can. And, uh, you know, it's as, as we found out, you know, recently with, with events, you know, nothing is, nothing is promised. So, you know, be, be safe and enjoy the time with, with the family and friends if you're fortunate enough to, to be able to do that.
1: Absolutely. Go Monarchs.
0: Go Monarchs. Welcome back, Monarch Nation. Today, we're joined by the Bryant's Road, Maryland native, 6'7 guard, Makai Long. Welcome to the show, Makai.
3: Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you so much for joining, Makai. Before we get started, I got to ask one question. How is your tooth?
3: It's good. I got my vision line on right now to keep it in place. I had went to the doctor with a dentist this morning. They said everything's good. I don't have to get a root canal or anything, so everything is in perfect shape.
0: That's great to hear. No one ever wants to get a root canal, but you know, definitely not uh, coming off the court. Save that for when you're old man before you have to do that kind of stuff.
3: And I definitely. definitely. My, so my mother was telling me when she first sang, and, and Jay told her I, I might have to get a root canal.
0: Alright, so in the preseason, Coach Jones brought you with him to Media Days. Can you tell us what that experience was like, and what it meant to be chosen as the voice of this year's Squad?
3: That experience was great because I had never been to New Orleans before, so seeing it and that light like, was great. I love to go back. And the fact that he chose me to go out there with him, it felt good. It felt like the work that I've been doing here, he's saying that he appreciated by letting me go out there with him and speak the peace of my teammates and the organization.
0: Well, hopefully, while you were down there, you got to see a couple things in addition to doing just media. I know Mike and I were lucky enough to go down there the end of March and April for the Final Four this year. It's definitely mm-hmm. a pretty, pretty interesting place.
3: Yeah, it definitely has definitely its own his own name behind it for sure, for a reason. you see a lot of characters out there, definitely.
1: Absolutely. So, you started your career at Rhode Island. You played in 30 games your freshman year. You made a start before transferring to Old Dominion at the end of 2021. How has that experience shaped your game and who you are as
3: a My experience at Rhode Island or my experience with me coming here?
1: The experience at Rhode Island.
3: I say that, that shaped me because it was definitely a good learning experience of going there. And Coach Cox is a different type of coach than Coach Jones. So what what I was allowed to do over there is something I'm not allowed to do at ODU. So I feel like that's what shaped me because now I could be myself, but I still had the structure. Coach Jones over taught me to make me the man that you say, the man that you see me as, and the man that I portray out to the people. So I feel like the, the Rhode Island experience was a great experience.
0: All right. So this team, this current team, has got a lot of new faces both playing and coaching. What changes have you noticed the most for this team with this new group of men this year?
3: I know we play we're gonna play hard all forty minutes. We gotta play hard forty minutes. Even if we get down, we not we don't speak negative on each other. We never speak down at all. Let's get four more stops. We break everything down and stop. So if we get down, we we need four more stops, three more stops, and we just keep playing, keep playing to the whistle blow.
1: So that is something we definitely witnessed in Charleston last week. You had two games of the three where you guys had a big deficit at halftime and you guys fought back to make them close games. The team seems to be growing. Each game is it noticeable to you and your teammates how much you guys are growing? And how good can this team be?
3: Is it noticeable? I would say I would say it's noticeable. But then again, you'll look at it as this is what we should be doing. And I feel like this team could be really good. Like when Coach Jones preached on us in the locker room, we gotta put a whole game together. So like you said, as in a tournament, they'll get down second half and then trying to cut a big lead, I say, I feel like we'll be pretty good if we could string a whole 40-minute game, like how we played the second half. I feel like that'll be something to see.
0: One thing that Mike and I noticed was that y'all ratchet up defensively the intensity in the second half against Davidson. That play on the defensive end brought you guys back into the game, gave the squad a really good chance to win the game. What would you credit that level of play to?
3: Just our hard work and practice and then our efforts and our will to win. We know we're down, so we, our will to win, make us play better on defense. But I feel like in the first half of that Davidson game, we were fighting through the fatigue, and I feel like that second half, which is crazy to say, that's why everybody got through the fatigue and was able to stop moving because it was the last day. So we got to come out. We wanted to come out with a win.
1: All right, Makai. So you're one of the few guys on the team, on the wing or in the paint. If you have to pick one move to get to the bucket, what are you going with?
3: I'm going with – a right jab going down with my left hand. Right jab, right jab every time. I'm right-handed, so they're going to jump to the right every time.
0: All right, so we try to ask this question every time we have one of the fellas on. And sometimes the the, the answers can be pretty, pretty interesting, pretty funny. I know last year when we had A.J. Oliver on, A.J. told us, we asked him, could you tell us something interesting about one of your teammates, something we wouldn't know about? And he told us what a awesome singer that Austin Trice was that you guys never would have expected would came out. Can you tell us about something about one of your teammates that ODU fans would have no idea about?
3: I would say Emo might be the fastest person to go to sleep I've ever seen in my life. Like, as soon as Emo closes his eyes, he sleeps, snore. So I can say that. That's, that's one thing I can say. Sounds yeah. like you
0: guys are either roommates on the road or you know on the nah, bus maybe.
3: No, nah, we were roommates on, the, we roommates on the road last year. I had to tell KD that I can't be his roommate no more. Because if, if you don't go to sleep before him, you're not getting no sleep. So I had to change that out.
1: <laughs> so who are you stuck with this year?
3: It's me and Jay Wade. Nice.
1: All right. So you've been here a couple of years now. What is your most memorable
0: as a Monarch?
3: The Longwood game. When I hit the game-winning layup, definitely.
0: No hesitation there.
3: Yeah. Because hitting the game-winning in college is a dream come true. So, man, yeah, you can't beat that.
0: I bet you when you're a kid, you're out there playing by yourself and – Counting down with no one around, just imagining that happen. So when it happens in real life, it's got to be pretty amazing.
3: Yeah, definitely. You miss it. You still you add more time on until you make it.
0: That's right. And <laughs> I missed a lot of shots as a kid, so I had to add a lot of extra time. But eventually, you know, you don't, you don't leave until you make that shot.
3: Yeah, you can't can't leave.
0: All right. So what's the favorite gym that you've ever played in?
3: Even in my Royal Island or just ODU?
0: Anytime.
3: I'm going to say Dayton. My freshman year, that was a pack. Yeah, that gym was packed. And the way it's shaped, so I don't know how to explain it. And it was, it was a big game, so I'm saying say that was the best gym we played in. But I played in.
1: jaden yeah, has got some really good fan support. So we're going to switch it up, keep it with the fun questions here. What's your favorite restaurant in Norfolk?
3: My favorite restaurant in Norfolk yeah. man. My favorite restaurant is not in Norfolk, but it's in Virginia Beach. I can say that one. I'm going to say bite of Maine. Coach Crisco put me on tour in the summer. Are
0: you looking like a lobster roll or something? What's your favorite there?
3: I get, the, I get one crab roll, one lobster roll, no mayonnaise, extra butter. And it puts you to sleep every time.
0: I was going to ask if you're a mayo or a butter guy.
3: I no mayo. I can't do the mayo.
0: Oh, bite of Maine will give you the itis. Yeah. All right. What's your favorite spot on campus?
3: The mitt?:
1: I know Coach Jones will be happy to hear that. All yeah. right. the thing to do in your free time?
3: I have a dog. He's not, he's not with me right now, but I like going to the park with my dog which just laying with my dog, chilling. And I design my own clothes in my free time or think about clothes to make in my free time.
0: Okay,
1: awesome. We'll talk about that a little bit. So your dog, what, what's your dog's name and what
0: kind of breed is it?
3: His name is Fo, F-O-E, and he's a um, freaking bully.
0: When we had Jay Wade on, we got a chance to meet his dog, Aries. Have, uh, have y'all dogs got a chance to meet each other?
3: Yeah, yeah. when we had went to – have been around each other a couple times. Even when we had went to town, out of town the first time, he stayed over there with Aries for the weekend.
0: All right. What's your favorite band or musical artist?
3: My favorite musical artist is either – his name is CBG Monte or Skella Baby or, or um, one Jiggy Ray. Those are my favorite artists.
1: I'm going to have to check them out. So, yeah. all right, if you can play one-on-one with any player, dead or alive, who are you picking and are you going to
3: win? I'm going to go with Len Bass because he's from Maryland and I never was able to see him play or witness or hear stories of him playing. So I want to play him one-on-one. And yeah, I think I'm going to win. Yeah,
0: I remember, Len. I'm a diehard Celtics fan, so I remember that quite vividly. He's a great choice.
3: Yeah.
0: All right, Makai, what's your personal and team goal for the season? And what will it take for you and the team to get there?
3: My personal goal is to get Divas to of the year for the conference and team-wise. It's a, everyone's goal. It's to get to the tournament, and we said, "What was the last part of the question? What do we need to get there?" Yes. yes, I said we just need to stay together, get better, go to the gym every, get in the gym every day, and put one hundred percent effort. In what We've been doing, but man, just stand together and stand positive with each other, and I feel like we will get there.
0: But Coach Jones and and the rest of the staff are going to love your answers. I mean, the Mitch is your favorite place on campus. You want to win Defensive Player of the Year. I mean. These these are all like hardcore Old Dominion basketball type of answers. So we got this huge, I know people are not going to see it, but I got a huge smile on my face right now.
1: All right, Vakai, we're going to let you go after this one question, um, but we thank you for joining us tonight. We're happy to talk to you. All right. So you mentioned it earlier in the episode. You talked about designing clothes. Can you tell us about your streetwear brand and how Monarchs can find it?
3: I have a streetwear brand that... Sales jackets, hoodies, pants, shirts. And what's special about it is you could DM me personally and ask for your own shirt to be made, or you could wait on the, on the drops that the, me and my brand and team is doing. But you can find it on Instagram at runitupforever, R-U-N-I-T-U-P dot, the number forever, E-V-E-R-R.
1: That's awesome. I definitely got to check that out. Really appreciate it. Go Monarchs.
0: Go Monarchs.
3: Go Monarchs.